Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Lay Bear podcast, an audio experience designed to decode leadership and inspire action. Being a forward-thinking leader and game changer, you've tuned in to discover pragmatic tips and hints on leadership from the very best leaders. Each episode is dedicated to sharing pragmatic stories from the field and more importantly, real examples of what successful leaders are actually doing to deliver at pace. With so much to share, let's hand over to your host, Graham Wilson. I'm delighted to welcome today's guest who brings leadership experience at an elite level, both on the rugby pitch, at an international level, and in the corporate boardroom. He's a highly motivated and effective leader, and is well known due to extensive media work following retirement from international rugby and a previous position as CEO of one of Wales' professional rugby teams. He's a proven leader and team builder who delivered historical and transformational change at the Dragons. Commercially, he's been responsible for multi-million pound budgets and sizable tender processes and practiced in strategic business planning and risk management. An intuitive, considered and dependable decision maker used to operating in challenging financial environments who has overseen many high value and complex development projects and services, as well as having the softer skills that are so important in managing and motivating large workforce and engaging successfully with others. Away from the day job, he's an experienced sports broadcaster and journalist, having worked with Eurosport, ITV and BBC Wales in radio and television. He's also an accomplished afternoon speaker and host. A warm welcome to Stuart Davies. Hello, Stuart. Hey, Graham. Great to be with you on this Monday morning. Uh, fantastic to spend some time with you. And I know you've got lots of ideas and thoughts you can share with us. So perhaps for those who don't know who you are, do you want to perhaps share a little bit about your journey so far, Stuart? The, or- the origin for me was was sport. You know, when you're trying to make your way in this world and, and, and you love in your sport, rugby in my case, um, and you begin to excel perhaps at it, then perhaps leadership responsibilities come along with that. And and, and the transformational year for me was under 15s. Um, there's a big tournament into city or into regional tournament in Wales, the Dewar Shield, and I, I was elected captain of, of that side. We, we won the competition. Um, so in a rugby sense, that, that was a launch pad, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, well ahead of any sort of uh, employment, the leadership roles then came with with rugby. Right. Um, what did what did that feel like at, at fifteen? Yeah, captain. It was like a regional side, was it or a? It was, yeah. So it would yeah. have been Swansea schools. So yeah, fantastic. The, the city representative team. Yeah. Um, and I suppose it's it's the first time that you deal with being elevated out of. Um, the pack, if I can put mm-hmm. it that way, mm-hmm. um, and then you, you you begin to understand that um, you know you you you're no longer perhaps one of the guys. You're in a position where you're making the calls that are mm-hmm. affecting outcomes, and you just get a little flavour of what's ahead, I suppose. Um, yeah. yeah. And you know, leadership roles are fantastic, but they can also be uh, challenging and, and lonely places on occasion. So you, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you get a sense of that, but you you. You know, obviously, I, I warmed to it. I enjoyed it. Wanted more of it. And uh, as I progressed, then um, yeah, captain Welsh colleges, and usually found myself in a, in, you know, in some sort of leadership role. I suppose, mm. I suppose in my sport. And that, the, what was interesting then was as things started to uh, take off for for Swansea RFC under Mike Ruddock. So we're talking pre-regional days. Swansea, mm. obviously, one of Wales' uh, foremost clubs, and Mike Ruddock began. A transformation there back in the early 90s and and his first captain was kevin hopkins uh, a welsh center 
uh, and I was vice captain to Kevin. Um, and then the, a year later, we, we reversed roles. So I became captain of Swansea and Kevin was my vice captain. Uh, so I had a year learning, I suppose, and, and experiencing leadership at the highest level and under Kevin. Um, and when I when I took on the captaincy uh, back in the amateur days, so we were all still uh, you know employed mm-hmm. uh, professional people. I was an environmental health officer with Swansea Council, and the what I remember was was my chief officer calling me up to his his you know palatial office and, and presenting <laughs> me with. Uh, a bottle of champagne as a you know in, in, in recognition of my election as captain of the city's rugby team but more importantly I, i'll never forget that he he pointed out to me about the importance of that role and how it would help me in professional life mm. uh and when we had a discussion around that and he was you know he was he, he was obviously a very very clever guy and and he appreciated well ahead of me appreciating it that um having that role would help shape my uh, my skills, I suppose, and, and my management ability in in, term, in a professional sense as well. And, and it, it was absolutely absolutely the case. And you know, I, I, not least you're, you're perhaps changing between a coal miner who's just come off shift and and a lawyer that's just come out of the courtroom. So it gives you those yeah. social skills, but it also makes you realise, you know, how to, how to communicate with different people in different ways to motivate them and things. So and undoubtedly he was right then. I, I came to understand that uh, as I went on then. And mm. and then, yes, you know, you, you know, with Wales, um, I had a big responsibility there as vice captain and pack leader and things and, you know, calling a lot of shots because Yagan Evans was, was captain at the time. and Yagen, right. On the right wing, so we were closely together. But of course, um, he was a little away from the action, so a lot of responsibility fell on my shoulders. And that's mm. a much bigger stage, much greater responsibility. So it was always with me, really. And yeah. and then professionally, Graham, you know, you move from one of the uh, one of the grunts, I suppose, to being a team leader. Um, then I became a, a director uh, and an executive director and chief. Uh, executive, so wow. that that ladder as well progressed in a similar vein, I suppose, and I'm it's, I'm absolutely um, certain of the parallels that exist between the two worlds and how my experiences in in one have shaped the other. Really, well, I mean, it, I suppose it works both ways, don't you? So I know sports teams learn a lot from business, don't they? And business learn a lot from sports teams. What what would you what would you say the sort of two or three things that you can think about from a business point of view that you applied in sport, and then from sport, what do you apply in business? What would what would you summarise those as? The thing that comes to mind immediately is is sense of team, mm. and and if you use that as a broad heading, I think I think rugby's probably given me that that the, the team has always been very important to me. You know what I'm part of, what my name's against, and and that's it. That's in a sport or or professional in a business sense. Um, so that's something I've always invested heavily in, and and you know. In that respect, you know, togetherness, tightness, I suppose, in terms mm. of you know understanding what your goals are, the responsibilities that you carry individually that that shape the performance of the the whole, I, I suppose, and you know that that tightness, that t- togetherness is is true in business, you know, boardroom mm. dynamics and the relationship mm. between the executive and the board, and you know certainly my experience of the. You know the dragons when you know you you've got a number of regions trying to 
work together, but with very individual identities mm. as well. And, and I, I learned an early lesson around that from, from Mike Ruddock, actually, where um, we were selecting a side for a, a big quarterfinal match. And, it, and there was no, no selection panel. It was Mike and myself, coach and captain. And Mike was arguing the case why he wanted, um, you know, the old dog and an experienced tight end mm. to play. Whereas I, I was arguing the case for, for a young buck. But Mike, and Mike was saying, well, uh, the old dog, he's got experience, maturity. You know, he's, he's gnarly. Um, mm. You know, we, we need him in the dressing room. And I said, well, how about the, the young buck is, uh, you know, he's faster, better, more mobile, better hands, you know, the type of game you want. To. So we were making these arguments. And Mike, Mike, in the end, said, we'll go with you, Stu. And we ran out onto the training pitch. And as we were all warming up, Mike pulls the, the gnarly old tight head across to give him the bad news that he hasn't been picked. Um, and... And the player argued all the same reasons why mm -hmm. he should be playing that Mike had been arguing with me. So, so Mike and this player were absolutely on yeah. the same page. But Mike argued my case. Right. Without, without naming me, he yeah. was basically explaining, he kept it tight, quite simply. What, what had been agreed in that room mm. then played out with the player in question. And as I was running around the pitch, I could hear, him, uh, you know, it struck me that Mike was was holding true. He was staying mm -hmm. strong on the position mm -hmm. we'd reached without saying, oh, you know, I, I wanted you to play, but still wanted to go with the other guy. Um, and I just, it's just struck me how mature yeah. that was, how professional that was. And, and it's something that I, you know, when I talk to senior management teams or boards about, you know, have the discussion, have the debate, but then have unity afterwards. Um, mm -hmm. It's, it's not everyone, Graham, that's, that's mature and professional enough to behave that way, you know? Yeah, it's a massive point, isn't it, around it's okay to have an argument in the room when no one's listening, but when we're out there, we're all one-faced, we're we're one team. 100%, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I think... How do you create people... that then? So how do you create that? So, so you, know, you obviously it's a, a big lesson you've had there, and you know, Mike was fantastic in terms of what he did there, and you, you know, used the right behaviour, but how do you, you know, in a a board or a professional team how do you create that then how do you create that situation where people will will feel comfortable challenging each other within the room but then they go out and they represent what's been agreed I, I think you're getting into values and behaviors of the of the individual then um and you know for for, for some their the natural inclination may be to behave in a, in a very different way that, mm. that, that that they might not have the strength to hold the you know hold the party line that they may not be confident enough in their own standing to to, to not have to explain to someone you know sorry you know i wasn't on board with this or you know mm. i wanted you to play mm. or I, I feel the business should be going in a different direction mm. um so i think that's when you really get back to team dynamics and and mm. I mean, it, it, it's one hell of a feeling when you, you've got the absence of doubt around all of those things, who you are, what you're about, mm. who's doing what and why and what you're aiming to achieve together. Mm. Um, mm. And if, you, if, you, if you look in each other's eyes or, you know, and, you, and, mm. and you, you know, okay, we've kicked this around, guys, we're strong now. We, we yeah. all agreed. Yeah. May, may all, not all have wanted to go in this direction, but that's where we're going. Now let's go do what we've got to do. Yeah. And whether that's whether that's business or sport, you know, that, that, that takes some achieving. And I think you're probably talking about, uh, in a sport context, it would come from the senior players. Yeah. 
Um, hopefully, in a forum where everyone's got the chance to speak their, you know, speak their mind, dissent in, mm. in, in, in a, you know, in a positive way. I mean. um, but once it's been thrashed out and everyone signed up to it, yeah, you then, you then yeah. have to be strong yeah. on, how, on how you deal with people that 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 have said one thing but acted another way. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Sure, around, around um, I guess for me, it's around that clarity. You nailed it there, really, in terms of if we if we know who we are as a team, we know why we do what we do, we know what we want to achieve, and we have a common set of values and a core core way of operating. That almost like becomes your decision making framework, isn't it? That every every decision is made on that. You know, will it will it align to our purpose? Will it help us achieve our goals? Does it align to our values? If it does, we do it, and then you can execute on that, can't you? And hold people accountable on that. And if they start to move away from that, then you can actually uh, have a, a little conversation with them, can't you? Yeah, and, and I mean, a lot of companies and a lot of teams go through this whole thing of, of values that you mentioned there. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of commonality to them, you know, integrity, respect, etc. But you're absolutely right. As far as I'm concerned, you know, you have to live your values. Mm. It's, it's not it's not something that you spend half a day on, you shove it up on the wall and then, okay, let's just mm. go off and, and, and do things however we want. The, the values inform your, your behaviours, mm. they, they inform your decisions. Mm. A lot of people lose sight of that, um, that if you've mm. signed up to be you know, behave in a certain way, then the decisions that you make as well mm. should be mm. informed by the values that you've you've signed up yeah. to and uh, i think once you've once you've had been through that exercise and, and given people an opportunity um to challenge to discuss to debate whatever but then okay guys this is what we're signing up to a big mm. believer there that in, in terms of a strong management approach if if mm. it's all agreed that that this this is what we are as a as a business mm. this, is, this mm. is who we are as a team then you can be strong in how you deal with people that yeah. step outside of that. So true. Yeah, I did some work with Dave Titmus when he was coaching the GB wheelchair basketball team. And one of the things he talked about was the non-negotiables and setting up the the GB way and, and you know, which essentially was a set of principles, a bit like the All Blacks, don't they have? Is it 15, is it 15 principles the All Blacks have? Yes. Legacy, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. And he said one of the things was around, he wanted to create um, a sense of pride in the team and you notice that people were turning up late for training and stuff like that. So one of the non-negotiables that, you know, if you're late for training, you're not on the team. And so they all agreed to this uh, this format. And then the very next training session, the star player turned up late. Yeah. <laughs> you see, so, sat there thinking, oh, I can't believe this. But yeah, had to, uh, he had to honour it. And yes. uh, he, he dropped dropped the star player from the, the team. And he was like, yeah, the next game, his heart was in his mouth. But actually, the team played better without them. And uh, it was quite quite fascinating that... If you agree something, then you've got you've got to execute, haven't you? Otherwise, it just falls apart. Hundred percent. And you, you've got to be very careful as to, you know, what it's the rod for your own back sort of scenario. That isn't it. But yeah. um, that was absolutely the right way to deal with that because any departure from that, you, you've you've lost your standing. Then you've yeah. you've lost your credibility, and and you have to, you know, if you've signed up and and announced something. Then, then you have to stay true to it. Yeah. yeah. Do you think? Do you think boards of directors and senior teams, exec teams, do do you think they spend enough time doing that sort of thing around, you know, clarifying, you know, what are we here to do as a board? What what are we trying to achieve? What are our values? What are the non-negotiables? Do you think they do that enough? Do you think, or is that something that perhaps we can, you know, really challenge them around and and make sure that 
perhaps they do that because I, I find a lot of boards it, it's very it can be very individualistic where people are, have got their own view and they're trying to make decisions based on what they think is right rather than what's best for the business yeah 100 percent again Graham I um I think board dynamics are fascinating that that relationship between the exec mm. uh, and the board of management um is influenced shaped call you what you like by by so many things um mm. there can be a financial uh undercurrent to it because you have mm. some board members more powerful because you know they're holding the shares or yeah. it's, their, it's their loans that are on the books or whatever um so the history of how people have come to be on a board what their motivation was and and, and what their goals are um those can influence the dynamics mm. so i've experienced boards where they've been handpicked by the chief executive mm. um so so patsy's yeah. in effect because yeah. you know they're actually there because they won't challenge the chief exec rather yeah. than actually uh, you know being there for uh, the, uh you know purpose for which they're intended um yeah, so yeah the, the makeup of boards and and clarity around that their role uh, and how they undertake it mm. um i think there's there's a lot of a lot of companies out there probably mm. that, that could benefit from having sessions around uh, how, how that should all work mm. it's, it's interesting when you think about you know, your journey we're talking there around the fact that you know obviously you were playing in the amateur area so you you obviously playing at elite level and international level on a Saturday, you're running out to I don't know 40,000 people watching you play rugby, and then on Monday morning you're back in the back in the meeting room, aren't you? Uh, doing your your day job, if you like, or yeah, the 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 job that gives you the revenue you need to to live your life. Yeah, yeah, that was that was quite a difficult balance to achieve, and I look back now and I, I scratch my head a little because my my role as well was in enforcement and regulation, so. Right. Yeah. If you can imagine, in environmental health officers are, are very often, you know, serving notices, yeah. you know, closing premises, you know, yeah. dealing with things that have, that have gone wrong or been been complained about. And very often, uh, a Monday morning call would follow, I don't know, Wales, England on the Saturday or Swansea yeah. Neath or whatever. Yeah. Um, and and the game as it was then used to sort of beat you up a bit. So there'd yeah. be, there'd be <laughs> stitches and broken noses and cauliflower ears and. And either the, perhaps the, the proprietor of the premises that you're uh, you're visiting was on 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 the terrace watching yeah. you on the, on the Saturday, and and then you you're busting them up a bit on the on the Monday. So <laughs> it it took a it took a little bit of balancing. Yeah, I, I think I think back in the day, you know, everyone accepted that there was a there was a day job as well, so it was yeah. a little bit different. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it was it was a, it was a strange marriage. Yeah. I thought you were going to say you were enforcer on the pitch then, Stuart, then as well. <laughs> well, there would be a few people, I suppose, that might have felt that as well. Yeah. I mean, you've obviously seen leaders from both the you know, elite sport, but also yeah, international level and around from around the world and, and obviously from a business point of view. Well. So you're in like a, a bit of a unique position, aren't you there? What what do you look for in a leader? What would you say the, yeah, and if you're going to employ a leader, what would you what would you look for? Yeah, uh, it's it's hard not to turn the mirror on yourself, I suppose, when you when you hear a question like that, and you sort of thinking perhaps, you know, what what's my style? But it, undoubtedly, my whilst my approach has you know been based on a few things, I think I I found myself as well using my experiences uh, of leaders 
and to shape my own approach. Um, and I think you, you, you learn a lot from you know your your managers, your leaders, uh, when when you're starting out, and you take the you take the best from them perhaps, and and you make sure that you never um, you you never become the worst of them. Mm. Um, mm. But I think the people that have impressed me uh in you know in my experience they, they they've been people with with integrity mm-hmm. they've they've had perspective and and balance so they they read situations well they understand the consequences of of the decisions they make the instructions they give um there's you know there's the old one of never asking someone to do what you what you yeah. wouldn't or haven't done done yourself. Yeah. And I think you lose a lot of credibility as um as a leader if you're if you're just issuing instructions and things unaware that uh you know you're perceived as as not having done it yourself or yeah. being able to do it yourself. And there's a, the, the, when I talk about balance there, one of my pet hates is 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 the leader that you know a day after giving someone um a project or a task that is hugely important, mm. you know, follows it up the next day with, I want this done, I want this done now, and I need it finished by 12 o'clock, and mm. no, no, completely forgetting or ignoring the fact that they've already asked something yeah. significant of an individual, and, and both things simply cannot be delivered. So I, I think mm. to have that balance and, you know, in, in, in how you lead, how you manage, informed, confident decision-making, Graham, you know, yeah. so that, so that the, you then, if you're confident in in your decision making, um, you know that breeds confidence in your in in your team and your staff as well. And yeah. it was always always my my feeling that, you know, if 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 I invited a senior management team into a meeting and and wanted a discussion with them all, it was because I recognised their their expertise, their knowledge, mm-hmm. their experience, wanted their input. But then was a happy to make the call, having heard from yeah. you know, tr- trusted lieutenants, if I can put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the the leader that thinks they've got the unique wisdom on everything, I think, will come and and stuck quickly. But you know, whilst at the same time being prepared to be bold and decisive. Um, I guess that's that balance it around. You've got to you've got to collaborate, but it's not it's not on a committee, is it? You still got to listen, you collaborate, you got to generate ideas, but eventually you still need to make that decision. Indeed, and I'll be back to the values then as well. I've I've, yeah. been, I've, I've, I've seen business owners or leaders who, um, you know, talk incessantly about their values, but their own behaviours then are, are a window to, yeah. you know, uh, the fact that they're they're not standing by them, you know, yeah, when, they, exactly. when they perhaps are you know, talking about staff in a way that uh, isn't respectful, that doesn't scream integrity. Uh, yeah, and yeah. and they just simply aren't aware of how that then pervades mm. an organisation and it undermines uh, that togetherness mm. that I spoke of of earlier. Mm. I think the example set, as I mentioned, I've seen very different leaders. Um, Garen Jenkins, for example, great Welsh hooker, um, followed me as as captain. Now, mm. now, you know, Garen's still happy for me to break a lot of the calls. But Garin was a follow me type of leader, and you right. and you yeah. and you would follow Garin off, often yeah. out of curiosity as much as anything <laughs> else. But no, Garin was a you know he was a minor. He was at the coal face on the rugby field as well, and and you'd follow him anyway. You know, yeah, so, yeah. and I think so if you can layer on to the values, the behaviours, the knowledge, the skills, the experience, that decisiveness. If you can, if you can also then layer on charisma 
I, I don't think it's a prerequisite, Graham. Um, not, you know, we've, we've all seen many leaders that are successful uh, and respected that perhaps aren't the most charismatic. Mm. But if you if you if you have all the other traits and you can add, you know, if you can layer on charisma, you know, mm. so then mm. um, I think you're, you're looking at a very effective yeah. animal that you know yeah. inspiring, going to motivate, going to bring a team together and. Uh, Makes you realise when you when you talk about how much how much goes into the mix of, of being yeah. an effective yeah. leader. Yeah, I think that that word charisma is an interesting one, isn't it? I've, I've never really totally understood what it means, if I'm honest. But I, I, I think it's about I think where I've come to is about being authentic, isn't it? Really. So you talk about Gary now, yeah, he's a he's a miner. So you'd expect him when you to lead from the front, yeah, and follow me. Yeah, I'll I'll go first, and and you would. Uh, whereas someone else, perhaps who's got a different background, different values, different upbringing different mindset might lead in a different way but both charismatic but from a different, different yeah viewpoint. different approach yeah yeah yeah, yeah. very yeah. much so maybe being real maybe re- real is about being charismatic because there's, there's so many different styles of leadership in there you know, that you can't really put it down in a box say well if you do this you'll be charismatic yeah yeah and, and, and it's in we're both in the business obviously of sharing our you know our thoughts or your coaching mentoring training whatever and that's that's a good point actually about the the being real mm. um because when you're in when you're in a leadership position you're you're under scrutiny mm. um whether you lead on a pitch or whether i don't know you're a team leader with a group of 10 10 people or whether you're, you're a business owner you're you're under scrutiny yeah. um and you know people will judge you and yeah. But you know, it's it's a it's a lonely place, leadership, yeah. and you sometimes need time to to make give some thought to okay, how, how do I best deal with this decision, uh, with with this with this situation? Yeah. Um, what is it that I need to say when, etc. And you might draw on training and you know some some coaching models, whatever, it, to to actually approach that situation as yeah. best as you can. So that's fine. You you then perhaps not 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 being instinctive, you, you're mm. actually taking time mm. to prepare for a certain situation. Yeah. But in terms of keeping reality, you get found out if you're not true to yourself. Yeah. You know you you you, you can't you can't put on a persona. You no. you can't become something or someone that you're not mm-hmm. uh, and you'll get found out so it, it is it, you know that, that real you know keeping it real and being true yeah. to yourself i think is a very important point yeah you made a, a, a cracking point there about it can be lead, lonely as a leader at the top there and i guess that would happen you know uh, I, I just had an email this morning from a guy saying that uh, i've just been promoted uh, to lead a team and and before that, my teammates were all my mates, they're friends, you know, and now yeah. I'm actually going to have to lead them. So that, that transition into that first time team leader is pretty scary, isn't it? And who do I go to for help? And then likely you know, as a chief exec, you know, you are, as you say, you're on show, aren't you? The decisions are down to you. What what have you done to sort of build a, a support network around you? How, how do you think people should go around doing that? Well, I think the higher you go up, up the ladder, Graham, that the harder it is to mm. um, draw on a support network because you're carrying more responsibility. Um, you, you know, you, everyone's got this concern about perceived weaknesses or whatever, which is why I, I, I suppose, um, you know, coaching, mentoring, mm. you know, 
people like ourselves, I suppose, being a confidants and advisors, actually offer that role to people so that they can step out of their environment. But you know, yeah. we can be we can be sounding boards. People can say, "Listen, this is how I handle this. What are your thoughts?" And they can do that without uh, judgment or un undermining their position in in work or whatever. Mm. Um, I think when you're in a senior position, you I go back to that the team thing and the trusted lieutenants. Yeah, um, and and that's a difficult one because because trust. In a team environment, on a rugby pitch, if you have to trust your inside man to make the tackle, yeah, you have to trust the hooker to be able to throw the ball in properly. You have to trust the outside half to to run the right play, make the right call, or whatever. So you you give you give trust readily on mm. on a rugby pitch. You you have to, mm. otherwise you can't operate. And it's an interesting one because it doesn't always play like that in a work environment. Going mm. back to the the, the microatic story earlier mm. about uh, tightness and togetherness and, yeah. and, and trust and people who you know you think you can trust but they walk out of a meeting and the first thing they want to do is tell everyone you know what you've just said about you know how we're performing or you know mm. someone's role or um, and then and the whole thing is blown because mm. the, the, the trust wasn't respected yeah and you, you've got to be on it all the time um yeah. as a leader you, you can walk down a corridor and not say hello to someone and they'll go back to the their office and say oh you know he's mm. a miserable miserable person. and they don't, <laughs> they don't realize that you just yeah. walked out of the room where you've had to let five people go or whatever know. you know and yeah and so you've got to be when, when you when you are elevated it's not simply a case of great i'm captain or i'm now a director or I'm chief exec or whatever isn't that great mm. you know a few more quid mm. and you know a bit more standing it asks more of you yeah it does um mm. you you you've, you've gone into a different role the the relationships and the dynamics with the people that you were part of before they change mm. um people take their lead from you so you, you have to appreciate that you, your approach to work your behaviors mm. are actually shaping behaviors and they're shaping, they're shaping cultures yeah. So, so uh, Uncle Ben was it in Spider Man? It was not a particularly wonderful character from history that said, "With with um, with power comes great responsibility." Or whatever. Yeah. But it's, it's it's very yeah. true. It's true. Really, yeah. It is very true. You and you actually have to consciously. I found you have to consciously switch on to the fact yeah. that things are different for you. I like I like that uh, that saying is that behavior breeds behavior. So Indeed. if you need people to behave in a certain way, then behave that way yourself first. And, and I see that disconnect quite a bit in a lot of organisations. So, so in terms of summary there, you've, you've talked a lot of you about you know, the importance of team and having that team around you and the whole you know, concept of trust and integrity and looking at leadership from a context point of view. And you know, never, never ask someone to do something unless you've done it yourself. I think that's a great, great saying, that, isn't it, Stuart, in terms of... Uh, leadership really and, and that whole balance piece around delivery and getting things done and you know making sure that you're aware of, of almost like every moment of the day isn't it in terms of what are you transmitting what's my behavior what yes. are people seeing i think sometimes it's easy to figure out, isn't it the impact we can have on people you know, as, yeah. as a leader yeah that, that little as you say i've just let five people go in a meeting room and i come out there and i don't say hello to someone and that can be massive can't it? that can have a massive impact on people the fact that i didn't say hello to that person and how they go back and tell everyone else and how they feel about it and 
you know, what they say is that it's all about, you know, people forget what you said, but they, they always remember how you make them feel. Indeed. And, and you know, the, the point I made, Graham, about, you know, taking that time to think, OK, how do I deal with this situation? You know, what do I say? Yeah. Who do I say it to? Yeah. How do I say it and when? Yeah. Uh, you know, fine, a considered approach to that can be very effective. But mm. conver- conversely, wrong thing, wrong time, wrong person, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that can that can cause yeah. a lot of difficulties and take a bit of recovering from. So, um, yeah, they're, they're all the soft skills, aren't they, of, lead, of yeah. leadership. And uh, I don't think any of us would claim to have got them all right all <laughs> the time. But, but, you know, you do, as you go along, you do realise how important the little things are. It's that whole journey of emotional intelligence. We're always learning, aren't we? We're always constantly learning about little triggers and what people say to us and more about ourselves and how I you know, maintain that composure, all that all that great stuff. How, how would you want someone to describe you as a leader, Stuart? What would, you, what would be your leadership legacy, do you think? That's, that's a good question. I, I suppose in, in the roles I've had, and again, straddling business and, and sport, mm. You mentioned there how behaviours shape behaviour. So I would hope, um, and when when you're in a when you're in a leadership position, and you're very often dealing with difficult things, you, you, your quest cannot to be be to to be liked. Mm-hmm. Um, if if that's your sole motivation as a as a leader, then you're going to come unstuck, I think. But I think you you, you want to be respected, I suppose, for yeah. how you've handled situations and. Um, whether that's your, your peers in, within the mm. same organization or at similar levels in, in, in different organizations, your, your competitors, your team members. Um, I think I, I would, it would be very important to me to have been respected. And quite recently, um, I mean, during, during lockdown, there's, it's been a wonderful period of reminiscing. And mm. in this part of the world, uh, the, um, the Western Mail Wheels Online have been running a whole uh, series of um, reflections. And I had a chat about um, the, the opponents and things that, uh, you know, that great matches that I respect more, most. And, and I went to Dale McIntosh, the chief, as he's known, at Pontypridd. Uh, yeah. And the reporter said, well, funnily enough, he said the same thing about you. Oh, wow. And, and that meant the world, because all we'd done was knock seven bells out of each other yeah. for the playing <laughs> career. Um, yeah. But it, it meant the world that in, in doing that, it, yeah. it, it was it, there was a huge respect agenda. Yeah. Um, and I think so the, the respect is important. People, mm. the legacy with the people. Yeah. Behavior shaping behavior. So I, I would hope that that whoever I've been working with as a, as a leader would would have found themselves thinking, I like how we did that. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I'm going to become a leader, I'll, I'll use that approach. I like that yeah. style. Yeah. And, and adopt your approach in, in, in some way of shape or form. I think that would be you know, mm. a leadership legacy. There's obviously yeah. the su- success side of it. If yeah. you're in a leadership position, then you have to measure yourself on, on what you've delivered. Mm. Um, so yeah, you can look at you can look at the trophies in a sporting context, yeah. but you can, you know, in, in terms of what you've delivered for the company, um, one of the, the the big jumps for me was to join uh, a company called uh, Gualia uh, Group Gualia, a housing association, and to to um, 
I suppose, reboot their development program. Right. And, that, and that was to bring a team together from from a start, uh, which was a lovely opportunity actually mm. be, to, to be able to actually recruit your own people rather than inherit a team can sometimes be advantageous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and getting that to very successful levels of, of development was uh, very, very rewarding um, and, and something I suppose as a leader you, you can you can start and finish a task there and, and measure it and think, okay, yeah. Yeah. we delivered there. And then there's there's the change agenda, I suppose, very often as a as a leader, Graham, you're, you're dealing with change and, mm. and people are sort of um, very often ideologically opposed to change. And yes. the, yeah. the, you know, and to bring around transformational change as it did at the, at the Dragons in, in, in taking mm. on something there and that, that no one else had, had countenance and to come out the other side and having delivered something that, that it, you know, it's positioned the region to uh, to mm. push on. Mm. That that was rewarding as well. So yeah, yeah. You, if you perhaps when the feet go up and you look back at okay, you know, how did I approach things? What did I achieve? What was yeah. my what was my leadership legacy? It would yeah. be that sort of thing that I yeah. uh, I'd be looking at. There's a good good balance there around. Yeah, you're only known for delivering stuff, but it's also about the way that you delivered it as well. You want to remember for that and. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that whole concept of you know warriors, where you can be bashing each other, you know, to death on the road pitch, but you still respect each other and you still admire each other, which is which is fantastic. What um what are you doing now in terms of your next steps? Because I know you've got loads of experience and you're taking that forward into sort of I guess the next stage of your leadership journey. What what to what's your journey next and what's your next steps? Well, I'm. I'm in a lovely place at the moment, Graham. In so much as uh, so much of what we've talked about here, I've, I've sort of wrapped up in 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 services to business now. I suppose mm. I'm working for myself. Um, I'm retained by uh, by four clients, so uh, I'm I'm delivering a range of services to them on an agreed basis, which is lovely. And then. In parallel to that, I'm I'm also available then for for one-off instructions and things. Mm. Often dealing with with the very things we've talked about here, which is mm. which is mentoring, coaching, looking at team dynamics in in businesses, mm. um, and and talking to companies about you know how how my leadership and management approach has been shaped by uh, my life experiences, not yeah. just sport. Yeah, and you know, we touched on on the relationship between board and senior management teams, how critical that is, and, mm. and how so many companies don't get that right. Mm. So, uh, and every conversation is a different one, which is which is uh, which is always challenging, enjoyable. Um, that's what makes uh, it so much fun, doesn't it, Stuart? The fact yeah, absolutely, a variety. Um, and you don't know what you know where the conversation is going to start or where it's going to finish and and how how all the discussions are going to be received so yeah so yeah Stuart Davis consulting that's that's Brilliant. my world now Graham and I'm very much enjoying it yeah. I guess we can we can I'll put the links in the show notes where we can you know, contact you on LinkedIn and your website and stuff like that but some fascinating insights there and, and yeah, I like the the approach there in terms of you know, that that clarity around you know, that that whole I guess about you as a leader, isn't it? About what you transmit out, it's your behaviour, uh, and really thinking about what is it that you need to do as a leader to get the results you want. So that whole concept of you know leading from the front, and uh, yeah, rather than leading from having the answers anymore, it's about how do I get other people to fix things. Yes, yeah, and that's um, it's one of the one of the you know the big challenges of leadership, but also very very rewarding when you get it right. 
Yeah, fantastic. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Even though even though you spent your life wearing the wrong colour shirt, Stuart, it's been, it's been fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Have you still got the uh, the shirts on the wall and stuff like that, the trophies? Uh, no, not, not quite. There's a bit of a memorabilia around the place. Uh, <laughs> uh, this, uh, I think this this recent, recent lockdown and all the reflections of... of ably demonstrated that the the longer i'm retired the better i was and uh, <laughs> long may that continue <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah just after a, few, a couple of beers maybe <laughs> well, yeah, especially. an absolute pleasure Stuart. thank you for sharing your wisdom it's some great insights there i'm sure people will find that really useful and again you know if you want to get in contact with you we'll uh, i'll put the links in the show notes we can go from there but a big pleasure thank you for your time i know you're a busy person so a huge thank you from me uh, it's been a pleasure Graham. been lovely talking to you thank you cheers mate a big thank you for listening to the Leadership Laid Bear podcast with me, Graham Wilson. For more information on our guest leader and to find out how we can support you, check out the links in the description and look out for our next Leadership podcast. Remember, Leadership is all about taking action. Make sure you connect and apply the lessons learned. Have fun and bye for now.